Physicians have a unique place in society, but that power over life and death made headline news in Victoria and Glasgow in a murder case that centred on Dr Pritchard, who became known as a human crocodile. Edward William Pritchard was born on 6 December 1825 at Southsea in Hampshire, England. His father John was a naval captain and on completion of his studies he followed in his footsteps in 1846. He allegedly attended King's College Hospital in London, but no record of his attendance or a qualification existed. He worked as an assistant surgeon on the famous ship HMS Victory and various other ships during a four-year stint in the field. In 1850, Pritchard met Mary Jane Taylor in Portsmouth while on leave. She was the daughter of a retired silk merchant from Edinburgh who was visiting her uncle, Dr David Cowan, himself a retired naval surgeon. They married in 1851, going on to have five children. He left the Navy and the family moved to Yorkshire where he set up his own medical practice. In 1857, he purchased the diploma Doctor of Medicine from the University of Erlangen to give the illusion to his patients that he was qualified. By 1859, and following time of working abroad as a gentleman's medical attendant, he had run up huge debts, and there were rumours he had behaved inappropriately towards his female patients. They left for Glasgow, a city where, despite trying his best, he was never accepted into the elite medical societies. The couple stayed in Edinburgh initially with Mary's parents while they waited for their home in Glasgow to be ready. They moved in to 11 Barclay Terrace shortly afterwards. Here they employed a servant Elizabeth McGrain to help with the daily chores. On 5th May 1863, fire swept through their home, killing the 25-year-old servant. It was thought the fire started in her attic bedroom, but it seems she made no attempt to extinguish it or escape its flames. So it is thought she may have been drugged or was already dead before the fire started. The Procurator Fiscal looked at the case but found no concrete evidence of foul play. Following the fire and the collection of the insurance money, the Pritchards moved first to 22 Royal Terrace, then to 131 Sochi Hall Street. In October 1864, Mary became ill, so her parents invited her to stay with them in Edinburgh so Jane, her mother, could look after her. She recovered and decided to return to Glasgow in time for Christmas, but became ill once more, so her mother moved in to care for her on 10th February 1865. Shortly afterwards, 70-year-old Mrs Taylor also began to feel unwell and died on the 25th 
Dr James Patterson, a GP of 30 years, was called in by Michael Taylor to issue the death certificate for his wife, but he declined, so Pritchard issued it. He stated the primary cause of death was paralysis and apoplexy. Yet Mrs Taylor had been well, as she had been seen writing a letter to her friend at 9pm, but only four hours later was dead. By the middle of the following month, Mary, then 38, was also dead. In the run-up to her death, she was suffering from headaches, retching and weight loss. Dr Patterson was called in by Pritchard to attend to her and prescribed her a sleeping tonic. However, she passed away on the 18th of March. Patterson had been suspicious of Mrs Taylor's death and these suspicions were reinforced by Mary's. He refused to sign the death certificate for Mary, but he didn't inform the medical authorities or the police and this caused him to come under some suspicion himself. He was eventually vindicated. Once more, Pritchard himself signed the death certificate citing gastric fever as his wife's cause of death. It is interesting to note that in the Scottish records, the corrected entry record for her death was written as being caused by antimony and aconite, one or other of them, or the other poison, villainously administered in food, drink and medicine by her said husband. From December 1864, to date of death. The original entry remains unchanged. Both Mary and her mother were buried in a plot at the Grange Cemetery in Edinburgh, bought by Mr Taylor. But before his wife was lowered into the ground, Pritchard asked for the lid to be opened while it sat in her father's house. He bent over her and kissed her on the lips, visibly upset. It was this action that gave rise to him being given the nickname the human crocodile, for his tears were crocodile tears. An anonymous letter had been sent to the authorities urging them to investigate the deaths. Pritchard was arrested on his way back from his wife's funeral on 21st March at Queen Street Railway Station on suspicion of murder. Glasgow's Procurator Fiscal Gemmell then went to Edinburgh with a warrant to have the body of Mrs Taylor exhumed ten days later, and it was found to contain the same poison, antimony, that had been found by Dr McLagan in his post-mortem of Mary before she was buried. It had been in Mary's liver, urine, spleen, intestines and blood. There was disbelief in the community that this outwardly upstanding doctor could be guilty of such cruel crimes. On Monday 3rd July 1865, Pritchard stood trial at the High Court in Edinburgh before presiding judge the Lord Justice Clark John Ingalls, Lord Glencourse, James Crawford, Lord Ardmillan, and Charles Bailey, Lord Jervis Wood. At 8am he was taken to the court in a police van Crowds had begun to gather, 
and some followed the van as it made its way up the Royal Mile. Special tickets were also issued for the public gallery within the courthouse and extra space was made to accommodate the large number of reporters. Six feet tall Pritchard was dressed in mourning clothes and as he stood in the dock he was described as looking sad and thoughtful, cool and collected. A newspaper report later stated, no one who saw the intelligent, thoughtful and mild-looking individual seated in the dock on the first morning could be prepared for anything like the consummate villainy and diabolic cruelty which each day brought to light the whole murderous plot. Over 30 witnesses were called by the prosecution with most of the testimony coming from servants who worked in the Pritchard home. A correlation between his handling of his wife's food and her bouts of illness became self-evident. It also came to light that he was having an affair with a 15-year-old servant called Mary MacLeod. She had told the washerwoman of the affair and said that if anything happened to Mrs Pritchard, she would be taking her place. In August 1864, the girl had had an abortion, the father believed to have been her employer. What is more, in evidence given, Pritchard was caught with the girl by his wife and it was shortly after that November day that she began to fall ill. It was damning evidence. It was also proved the doctor had added antimony and aconite to his mother-in-law's opium tincture, fatly sedative solution, which she frequently consumed. In fact, she had three months' worth in two weeks. Pharmacologists were cross-examined and they told the court that it would be easy for a doctor to acquire both antimony and aconite without raising any suspicion. Another witness called was servant Mary Patterson, who had just taken up the position following the departure of another. She said that on the Monday before Mrs Taylor's death, she had tasted a small piece of cheese which had been sent down by the woman and immediately felt a burning sensation in her throat, followed by severe vomiting. She also stated the following Wednesday she had prepared egg flip for her mistress, with Pritchard putting the sugar in it himself. Again, she tried it and was violently sick. She still took it to Mary, who had taken a sip, but refused to have any more. Throughout the trial, Pritchard maintained his innocence. The unanimous verdict of the jury was reached in an hour. Pritchard was guilty of the two murders, the evidence overwhelming and irrefutable. He was sentenced to death and taken to Glasgow North Prison. It was while he was incarcerated, his eldest daughter begged him to confess if he had indeed killed her mother and grandmother. That afternoon, he called for the Reverend R.S. Oldham. Present at the same time was the Governor, Mr. Sterling, and the attendant warders. He whispered to the minister that he had indeed killed the women. 
the minister told him to tell everyone present. He wrote down the confession, which was witnessed by Oldham and Sterling. Mrs Taylor had found out about his affair with MacLeod. He also stated the sentence was just, concluding, I am guilty of the deaths of my mother-in-law and wife. I can assign no motive beyond terrible madness. I alone, not Mary MacLeod, who he had tried to blame at one point, poisoned my wife. On Friday 28th July, he woke around 5am. Around an hour later, after he had dressed in the suit he had been wearing when arrested, the Reverend Oldham and Dr Norman MacLeod visited him and all three prayed. He was taken to the gallows built in front of the South Prison at the Salt Market on the edge of Glasgow Green at 8am. He walked up to the scaffold with his head erect, walking unassisted with unfaltered step. A prayer was said for the condemned man, the rope placed around his neck and he was hanged ten minutes after he had arrived. Following the hanging, the executioner, William Calcraft, made doubly sure he was dead by pulling on his legs from beneath the gallows. The women in the crowd screamed, while the men jeered as the body swung slowly in front of them. He was the last man publicly hanged in Glasgow. Following his execution, his defence team from the law firm Maclay, Murray and Spence tried to recoup their debt from his estate, but there was nothing left. One thing they did acquire was his wooden consulting chair, which exists to this day. In 1910, when the High Court was being built, workmen discovered a grave in the old murderer's graveyard at the prison with the initials EWP, Edward William Pritchard. The boots Pritchard had worn when he was hanged were found under the small stone slab still in pristine condition. So why did Pritchard kill these women? Generally, it is accepted there are six main reasons for murder. Gain, revenge, jealousy, elimination, power and conviction. It would seem the doctor may have fitted into a few of these, but possibly he did it just for fun. He may have felt some sort of gratification or pleasure from watching them die over a period of time. As the years have passed, the human crocodile case still intrigues to this day.